Psalm 81. Psalm 81, verse 10. We're in a new year on God's calendar. Shana Tova! That was kind of weak, guys. That was kind of weak. We got to come up on this end a little bit, the little bright end. Shana Tova! We'll get it before the end of the year. We'll get it. Psalm 81, verse 10. I'm going to read from the New King James Version first, and then we'll switch over to the Passion Translation, so we'll have um, two versions that we're looking at. Psalm 81, verse 10, in the New King James Version. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got it? Well, I have it. If you have it, let's read it together. Uh, read it, read. I'm the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide. So we're talking today again about open your mouth. So let's switch the, the passion translation on this and then we'll get going. Passion. Ready? Read. I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now, you'll see. The words that you speak, so shall it be. So shall it be. Thank you, Father, today for your words in our mouths that will produce mighty things in the earth. Thank you, Father, that you've given us authority to operate and act and talk just like you. That we are made in the image of God, the, the likeness of God. And Lord, as we, when we speak, things happen. Thank you that, God, that whatever we speak, heaven will back us up. So God, today, lead us and guide us, teach us today how to operate like you and what to expect when we do. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Open your mouth with a mighty decree, I will fulfill it. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Sound like a rhyming song right there, doesn't it? Open your mouth with a mighty decree, I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Glory to God. All right, now quickly, let's, let's do review very quickly. All right? Uh, 5770s was the uh, time of Ayin, remember that? And Ayin was a time of, uh, we, Ayin, the vision, the picture of eyes uh, means to see. And so we, we were in a revelation age, right? A revelation age. Do you see, they see the picture up there of Ayin. The two, it looks like an eye. This is the letter Ayin in Hebrew. I'm going to give you a little Hebrew this morning. So I in the picture, it looks like his eyes at the top of that picture there, right? And so uh, this was of decade, the 5770s, uh, of seeing. If you weren't here Monday night, you weren't here Wednesday night. Um, on God's calendar, the year just changed. Even though on the Roman calendar, the Gregorian calendar, we still have a little less than three months now for the year to change. But on God's calendar, which that's the one you want to really operate by, if you're going to sync with God, the calendar just changed. The year just changed. All right? Last Sunday night, going into Monday, we hit 5780. We just came out of the 5770s, that decade. That was the Ayin decade. If you haven't been here the last several years, I've been teaching on that. I don't have time to teach it today. So it was a decade of seeing, vision, revelation, insight, dreams from the Lord. Right? And so that's what we experience great revelation and spiritual insight. 
We, we heard uh, even prophetic utterances. I'm going to get into more of that today because there are some great things I think God will tell you, uh, say to us today about that. So we've just, we've just changed now. From the 70s, we moved into the 80s. Right? Y'all know even in the natural world, when we moved from the 1970s to the 1980s, things changed. 70s was all about the bell bottoms and, right, afros. That was a carryover from the 60s, but they got real big in the 70s. But in the 80s, it, it switched up to, you know, parachute pants and, you know, Eng the, what, was, what was the English, uh, what was the jackets we used to wear? Um, members only jackets. Yeah, remember that? Little snaps. It was a Michael Jackson age. Right? What had been the Jackson 5 age became the, Je the Michael Jackson age. Beat it. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I, I just, I couldn't stand Michael Jackson. You know, I couldn't, I hated, I, I like felt like I hated Michael Jackson because all the girls, all they talked about was Michael Jackson. <laughs> and if you didn't look like Michael Jackson, if you didn't have the little hee hee hee, the little curl coming down on you, I want to run with you all night. You know, and I couldn't do that stuff. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I didn't know it. And I didn't have the Michael Jackson, you know, build. I didn't have the Michael Jackson hair. I mean, that was just, that's all it was. I, I just, I hated it. I hated it. Couldn't stand him. You couldn't talk to no girl if you didn't have no, that, you know, that Michael Jackson jack with the zippers and all of Billy Jean. That's, that's all it was. But for us in the body of Christ, the 57, 70s, which we're just coming out of, has been a, a, a decade of revelation, of vision, and dreams. And so uh, we're moving into a different time now. Everybody say a different time. Now, in that time, I, I showed you, in fact, put, put back up on Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 for us, please. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. We, I taught you how prophets were, were called seers. So prophets were not, they were never called hearers, they were called seers. They heard, but they, what they heard, they actually saw a vision of, right? So Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? see? Jeremiah's a prophet, so he asked him, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. That the, the amplifier will tell us it's, it's a sign of quickening, of, of alertness, of watching, right? In verse 12, watch what God says. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Or I'm watching over my word to perform it in the amplifier. Or in the King James, I hasten my word to perform it. Got it? So in other words, the, the whole point is no matter what translation you read, that it implies there's a word that has been spoken that is now ready to be performed. Oh, that's good news right there. So God does never, he never speaks idle words, vain words, just useless words, just something to fill up the Bible. He didn't just speak words that just fill up pages. I'm trying to fill up pages. You know, you know how those when you used to be in a high school composition classes and you had, your paper had to be 500 words? You just... Trinity, you know what I'm talking about, right? You just add all kind of words. Ubiquitous, melancholy. You just, you just. 
<laughs> he just had all his words, right? But God doesn't do that. Every word God speaks has purpose and intent behind it, has power behind it. I've, in fact, I was teaching you about the, the Hebrew letters, that every Hebrew letter uh, is not just a letter, but there's, it means something. There's a picture uh, that it has. God said, before uh, heaven and earth pass away, well, before, uh, before one jot or tittle, rather, of my word passes away, I'll let all of heaven and earth pass away. Before one jot or tittle, like our dot on an I or a cross on a T. But God's dots and I's letters mean something. They, they, they all have a meaning to them. Got it? So... He says, when I speak my word, he says here to Jeremiah, I'm ready to perform it. That's good news. Because we have entered now an age of performance. Where what God has spoken, he is now ready to perform. But he had to find somebody who could see what he was saying. That's why he asked, he asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, here's what I see. And God says, you have seen well. In other words, what you're describing is exactly what I was trying to get you to see. Glory to God. So I believe in this house, God has found uh, a select group of people who have availed themselves in the spirit to see clearly from God. Now, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Because, write this down. Prophecy is about to give way to performance. Prophecy is about to give way to performance. In other words, prophecy goes on so long. But at some point, there must be a performance. In other words, there must be a manifestation there that the word must come to pass. God, any word from God, it, uh, Luke 1 and verse 37 in the Amplifier says, No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. That's Luke 1 37 Amplified. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So if you get a word from God, that word already has power in it, and it is going to be fulfilled. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I say it again from all the slackers. No word, y'all watching other people, y'all better watch me. No word from God shall be without power. So if you have a word from God, it has power in it already. And it is going to be fulfilled, period. Is that what it says, fulfillment, period? Stop your neighbor and say, period. That means there ain't nothing else to say about it. It's going to come to pass. So we're, about, we're shifting now, not about to. We have shifted into a season now, and this is from now on, where, where prophecy is giving way to performance. Are you saying there will be no more prophecy? No, I'm not saying that. I'm going to show you there's going to be more prophecy, but even the prophecies that are going to come will be uh, for, ready for immediate, if, if not immediate, then very uh, quick manifestation. Y'all got it. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 and 11. Y'all know this one by heart, but let's look at it. Put on the screen for everybody. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 and 11. 
It says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. Remember the year of visitation. So we're in visitation season now. From, from now on. And perform my good word to you, toward you. And cause you to return to this place. So when I visit you, that's what we're in now, right? He said, I will perform my good word. That means that the word had already been spoken. But when I visit, I'm going to perform it. So if you have a word from God that you got 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 10 years ago, 7 weeks ago, there is a time stamp for God to come back and perform it. In fact, I, I contend that the greater the word, the greater time until performance comes. There are some things God speaks in your life. He'll speak it today and it's manifested the next week. I remember a prophecy I received uh, back in um, uh, December uh, 2012. I don't remember the exact date, but December 2012. And there's a, a general in the faith, Dr. Mark Barkley, who was, we were, my wife and I were in Lexington uh, visiting. Uh, we were with the Durbers. And he, was, he called us out. We never met him in our lives. He never met us. But he's a general in the faith. He's a guy, if you go to the, the big ministers' conferences, uh, Brother Copeland, he's one of the speakers. He's based in, uh, in, in Michigan. A general in the faith. And he's prophesying, or he gets up, get, comes out, he's getting ready to preach, and he starts prophesying over, the, I think it's the Durbers first, and then he, he stops and says, and you, 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 he starts, he points at us. I'm like, what? And he starts prophesying over us. Now, y'all, you know, that's, that's big. He's one prophesy the regional anointing. You're no, you're no small township guy. You have a regional anointing. He said, he said, sure, you go over in part, other parts of the world, but God has given you that region that you're in. Now, that's big. But something else he said. He said, I see little bite marks all over you. He said little bite marks of people. People as every time you're trying to move up, every time God's bringing you up, little people around you biting at you, trying to nibble at you, nibbling at your ankles, trying to, trying to move you back down, talking against you. And he said, I'm moving them out of the way. Now, that'll happen from time to time. In other words, that, that'll repeat over and over and over again. Because he said every time. So, every, so I understand every time we shift, there are little nibble, little nibblers. Ask your neighbor, is it you or should I look for another? Is it you? Is it? Remember that disciple there was sitting there with Jesus? And he said, one of you will betray me. And they saw saying See, I see little nibblers. That, that, that word you sent two weeks ago, Pastor Joshua. Just as you're sending it is, is manifested. Already. He prophesied the same thing two weeks ago. We were sitting there in glory days, grill. Remember that the other night, guys? And he sends a word. Boom. And it's already started manifesting. But that night when, when Dr. Barkley was prophesying that word, we didn't know Till we got back home a couple days later that as he's prophesying it people were leaving the church coming clearing equipment out taking everything getting just gone just lost half the church boom in one night but he, he was pro he's prophesying it and it's happening on the spot so there are some things parts of that that manifested right away 
But there are other parts, the greater parts about regional anointing that's going to take time. You understand? So the greater the vision or the greater the prophetic word you, that God has given you, some of y'all have visions of you preaching all over the world. Some of you have visions of, of, of you having uh, mega corporations and doing great things in the kingdom. And you're like, well, it's not happening there. It takes time because God is, he has to set things up in the earth. If it's a big vision, it involves more than you. If it only involved you, he could just do it right away. But when it's a big vision, he has, to, he has to bring people into place. He has to move some people out of place. He may have to shut down corporations over here and bring other corporations from there to here. There's, there's different things he has to do to get you in place, to get you in position. Those of you who watch football, there, there are some, some plays, you, you throw a little dump pass. As uh, soon, soon as you hike the ball, you throw a ball, a little dump pass right there. Boom. You're going to get about two yards, three yards out of that. But if you got a long bomb play, it takes a while to develop, and you got to have good uh, offensive line who's going to protect to protect to make sure you have time for that play to develop. So God has to position people around you who can help protect you and sure you up to give him time for your play to develop. And when, you re when he releases that bomb, he's setting you up. Anybody got a big word in your life? Tell your neighbor, he's setting you up. It shall come to pass. When he visits you, he will perform the good word he has spoken in your life. Give God a praise for that right now. Glory to God. Now, I want to encourage you with something here. Go to Ezekiel, please. You're in Jeremiah. Go to the two books later. Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. And go to Ezekiel chapter 12, please. Ezekiel chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. I love the Lord. I love his word. It's a living word because he's a living God. You know, and your Bible says you and I are living epistles. Seen and read by all men. Did you, did you catch that? We're, we serve a living God, gives a living word. We are living epistles. That means you, you, we're, we're a letter that's being written right now. Just like you and I go back and read these letters in the Word, just like you and I go back and read these stories in the Word, you are a letter that's being written right now that God's going to bring somebody else to read you. They're going to read your life. They're going to hear about how you had to make it on poking beans and weenies. You're, one thing when Pastor Kim and I were going through those hard times, those hard, and not, not that it's just perfect now. We've not yet attained now. But when it was, I mean, really those real hard, trying, trying, trying times, we constantly said this the testimony is being made. We constantly preached to each other, our testimony is being made. I hope that encourages somebody here. Couples preach to each other, man. Our testimony is being made. Singles, find somebody else you can, or get in a mirror. Shout your own name. My testimony is being made. Glory to God. Single mama, single daddy, tell your children our testimony is being made. 
Glory to God. It won't be long now. Don't, don't forget that. I'm going to come back to that if the Lord let me. That's Amos 9.13 in the message translation. Well, you might as well read it now. Put up Amos 9.13 in the message translation. Yes, indeed. That's what we say. Yes, indeedy. It won't be long now. God's decree. High five somebody. Tell them it won't be long now. It won't be. God said so. How you know, Pastor? Because I just told you we've just shifted from prophecy into performance. There's going to still be prophecies that come along. But even when the new prophecies come along, it won't be long now. He says, yes, things are going to happen, happen so fast your head will swim one thing fast on the hills of another. You won't be able to keep up. Oh, boy. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look. You know what? If I was broke and struggling, I'd have been running around this church just now. See, at some point, you got to believe this. You got to look past your zero and look at what God's word says. Look past your shortcoming, your shortfall, and look at what God's word says. His word says it won't be long now. It's going to be everywhere you look. You're going to see blessing after blessing after blessing. All right, now sit down. I want y'all to get me off track. Y'all still in Ezekiel 12? I'm still in Ezekiel 12. Oh, I told a story. I was Ezekiel 11. Okay, Ezekiel 12. See, my wife and I never miss those opportunities to shout. See, I was, like, I was telling y'all, Wednesday night, some of y'all almost make me, make me go off on your Wednesday night. Because when I said things like shout, open your mouth, you sitting there. You can't do that. Closed mouths don't get fed. When a man of God says shout, he's not just telling you to shout so he can hear you shout and feel good about himself. I don't need no cheerleaders. I ain't coming in for no cheerleaders. I'm the cheerleader. Cheering you on. I'm telling you, you're gonna make it. I'm telling you, you're gonna win. I'm telling you, you're gonna be alright. I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's gonna turn out for your good. I'm telling you how I know because I can look back over my life and see what God brought me from. Hallelujah. 
All right, I want to show you something here. Ezekiel 12. Won't be long until you can do everything you in your heart to do. Right? Everything in your heart. Won't be nothing you can't do. Let me let me let me let me let me help. Let, let me try to marry two scriptures together that just came by Spirit of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, is a tree of life. The Bible says, he that wins his souls is wise. And the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. So you're going to have fruit to win souls, to win people, when all your desires come. And you can do everything God tells you. Everything he put in your heart. Everything you want to do and you're going to give off some fruit from your life. Other people are going to eat up the fruit of your life. And it won't be long now. Alright, now, remember what we're teaching here. Ezekiel 12. Ezekiel 12. And we're going to start at verse 21. Because prophecy, brother Jonathan, is giving way to performance. You got it? It's giving away to performance. In other words, uh, you can, you can, you can uh, practice for recital, practice for a play, practice to, you know, to, to football. You can practice whatever for a long time, but at some point you got to now hit the field. Nobody practice just to practice. Nobody does all the preparation just to prepare. You got at some point. You don't go to school just to go to school. You go to school so you can one day hit hit the hit the 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 the, the workforce and do something, right? So God doesn't send prophecies just to tickle our ears, just to dangle carrots in front of us. That's not our God. That's a mean, that would be a savage person who would just dangle these carrots in front of you. Give you uh, uh, hope for nothing. That's what people accuse, you know, people like me of doing. is building up y'all hopes. You're just trying to build up people's hopes. Right. You're exactly right. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm building up your hope. What should I do? Build up your despair? It ain't going to turn out no good for you. That, what I'm supposed to do? You might as well just end it all now because. No. The Bible calls us prisoners of hope. All right, so Ezekiel 12. What did I tell y'all? Verse what? 21. I'm going to go to the end of the chapter. Listen to this. Now, look at me. 
Now, in, within context of what I'm about to read, there's a negative uh, environment. In other words, God is getting on some people, telling them, all right, y'all, y'all been shucking and jiving too long. I'm about to show out on y'all. But I'm going to tell you, if you've been fearing God and working righteousness, Acts 10, then, then uh, this is going to be for good. Got it? Because what I want to show you is how God operates. Don't worry about what he's doing here. This, I want to show you the how he operates. So verse 21, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel saying, son of man, what is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel, which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails? Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest. I'm about to end that proverb y'all got. I'm about to show y'all something here. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are at hand. At hand means now. And the fulfillment. Come on. I said the days are at hand. And the fulfillment of every vision. So there's a time set on God's calendar, and those days are now upon us for the fulfillment of every vision. Write the vision, make it plain. They may run to reason. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But in the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though a tarry will wait for it. It will surely speak. So the vision, every vision is an appointed time. That, that was Habakkuk 2, right? Verse 2 and 3. Now watch. He says, verse 24. Y'all ready for this? For no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. I'm about to cut off all the people who've been t- saying stuff wrong. Now, I don't have time, but if you were to go and read chapter 13, the entirety of chapter 13, you'll see what he's been dealing with. He dealing with people who they call themselves prophets, they prophesy. What they're doing is they're prophesying people out of righteousness, out of walking with God. Prophesying, telling people it's okay to do this and do that and do this and do that, and God's going to still love you and take care of you. And if you read chapter 13, he said, I'm shutting all that down. Chapter 13, he'll say, I'm shutting the prophets down who've been saying peace, peace when there is no peace. You've been saying peace and prosperity, but the people are in sin. And you're not dealing with their sin. Don't get quiet in this Baptist church now. So you, you can't be living in sin. Whatever sin, I'm not talking about any particular sin. Whatever sin it is. You know I ain't got to call you out. You and God can deal with it. But you, So I'm not going to sit here and tell you you can live any kind of way you want to and then expect God's word to come to pass your life. It don't work like that. Tell your neighbor, just elbow him, tell him it don't work like that. I'm tell him, right, I want to be right. I just want to be right. Be right with God. I'm going to walk with God because I don't want to miss anything. I tell God this all the time when I'm praying, God, I don't want there anything to come between me and you. 
So search me, try me, see if there be any wicked thing in me whatsoever. I don't want there to be anything in me. Any presumptuous sins, anything, anything I don't even, I don't even know about. Tell me, God. I don't, want, I don't want to walk around thinking I'm right and I'm not right. I want to be right. Somebody hold, I want to be right. Not just right standing, but right living. Sure, we're all in right standing with God. That's righteousness. But holiness is right living. And holiness is still right. Y'all ain't saying much to me. Holiness is still right. God still has a standard of holiness. I know it's 2019, about to be 2020, but God still has a standard of holiness. Y'all, y'all ain't saying much right now, y'all. His standard didn't change. So don't listen to the prophets who tell you that it changed and now because of grace, you can do whatever you want to do now and God's still going to bless you. That's a false lie. That's false prophecy. So I'm about to cut that off. I'm about to cut that off. You ready? Can I keep going here? Now, verse 25. For I am the Lord. Whew, I speak and the word which I speak will come to pass. Now watch this next part. It will no more be postponed in your days. So God is saying we're entering to a time where there will be no more, no more postponement. Hope deferred. Hope postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, watch this. Watch this. Sister Hattie, watch this. I will say the word and perform it. You got to catch it. Now, I, I never read this scripture until uh, yesterday. But it was 2018 that God spoke to me one morning in prayer. January 2018, he said to me, every word, prophetic word that you have ever received that I've given is for now. And every word that you will receive from now on is for now. He said to me at the beginning of 2018 that he was shifting us into a, what I can now call a performance season. Where when he speaks, what has been spoken will be performed and what will be spoken will be performed. Simultaneously. We're moving into a time of acceleration. A time of manifestation. A time of performance of God's word. That's why when you read in, in Amos, that scripture read Amos 9.13, with reading the King James, New King James, it'll say the reaper will overtake the sowers and so forth, blessing after blessing, all that kind of good stuff, because you'll be bringing in or manifesting what was already sown for or spoken, and at the same time, what is currently being spoken will be coming at the same time. Are y'all seeing this here? 
Now watch. Now watch. He says, if I'm the Lord, I speak. The word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed. For in your days of rebellious house, I will, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Verse 26. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying the vision that he sees is for many days from now. And he prophesies of times far off. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed any more, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. Oh, you ought to give God a praise about that. I understand, man. When you 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 got something you are uh, looking forward to, you know, and somebody say, "Hey, I got to postpone that." I hate when good things are postponed. God is saying, "I'm not postponing anything else." <laughs> it's time for fulfillment. You spent the last ten years, the last decade, getting revelation of these things, and. Even prophecies that have come prior to the 57, 70s, you weren't ready for them because you had to be taught revelation in these, that decade of who you were. So you'd be ready when he performed the word of your life. You got this. Boy, praise God. All right, let me keep moving here. I got a little, little time, right? I don't know how, much, how long I've been preaching, but let's keep going. So, no more postponement. Everybody say, no more postponement. We're in kingdom standard time. Now, right? Okay, now, I want to show you this. We're in the 5780s. I show you that Hebrew letter Pei, P-E-Y, right, which is uh, the picture in the Hebrew of a mouth. If you look at it, you see a picture of a mouth. That's actually the letter Pei, P-E-Y, the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value of 80. That's why it's 5780, 57 pay. Okay? I showed you how uh, with hidden in that is the uh, Hebrew letter Beth, the white space inside of it I don't, I, is, is the letter Beth, which means house. And I talked to you about how your, your house is in your mouth. Uh, but furthermore, your, the, the protection of your house is in your mouth. So it doesn't matter who try to vex you and hex you and put a curse on you and speak over your house. No matter somebody go to the root lady, the two-head man in the neighborhood, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That means you're going to use your mouth to condemn it. God didn't say, I'll condemn it. He said, you'll condemn it. So you're going to use your mouth to protect your house. Got it? I showed you the other night, too, there's a, uh, on the left side, the little piece coming down into the middle there is the Hebrew letter uh, Yod, Y-O-D, uh, which is uh, the word for hand. It's a picture of a hand. But what I didn't show you was, if you were to, to remove the, the Yod, see the Yod is a little piece that comes down and goes in. If you were to remove that, the piece that's left, the, whole, the big outer piece like that, is actually the Hebrew letter Kaf, K-A-F which means palm, palm. So this, this letter 
is made up of Beth, Yod, and Palm, or Calf, which means palm. So you see palm of the hand there. Our names are in the palms of God's hand. So what we speak, God will open the palms of his hand. You caught it, you caught it. And I was going to tell you that next. The Bible says he satisfies the desire of every living thing. God opens his hands and desire, satisfies the desire of every living thing. So what you, when you speak, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So when you open your mouth wide, he's going to open his hand and feed you as, as big as you open it, he's going to fill it. When you open your mouth, you're going to see his hand move in your life. Anytime you see the palm of someone's hand, they're either opening to give you something or they're placing it over you to bless you with something. Got it? So palm, hand, Beth, pay. All on that one letter. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have to tell you all that. That may not mean anything, a hill of beans to anybody. But I'm just trying to show you that God is very intentional in what he does. Got it? All right, now. So we're talking about now using our mouths. So I, I need, to, need to give you a little bit here to, today, uh, much as I can, I, just in my little time I have left here. Okay, so I told you we're moving from prophecy to performance. We're moving now from revelation to demonstration. Now, I remember God take, taking us through from 2010, beginning to teach us the kingdom of God and to show us who we are. Genesis 2-7, you know the term that they can put on the screen for us. Genesis 2-7, the Bible, well, in Genesis 1-26, the Bible says, uh, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So we're made like God. We're made like God in his image and his likeness. But then in Genesis 2, 7, uh, he says, uh, God formed man of the dust of the ground, and then God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living being. Yes. As you know from the Jewish sages, it literally means man became a speaking spirit like God. In Genesis 2, 7, a speaking spirit like God is important. Not just speaking spirit, but like God. Okay? You and I, they were singing this. Elder Baker was emphasizing this. We are like God. Everybody getting this here? If you're born again, you are like God. We are born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So since we're born of this seed, uh, seed produces after his own kind. And his seed looks like him. Our daughter, Alexis here, she looks just like me. Uh, Olivia looks like me. Lydia in here looks like me. Jonathan next door looks like me. I preached a message years ago. Well, they should. If they don't, then we got a problem. They, they look, 
There be, better be some resemblance in me. My wife, she's, she's been doing a family tree and she's been tracing her side. She found out she's 1% uh, Irish and Scottish. And then, um, so she, you know, she got a little thing going. And um, she, she thought she was part Mexican. She found out she's not Mexican at all. So no more Cinco de Mayo, but she can celebrate St. Patrick's Day now. St. Patty's Day. Well, in, on my side, she also started tracing my side. So what she, she found on my side, because they all try to figure out what my side, we, were, we had this uh, reddish hair and different features. And so she traced my side and found out that in, uh, you don't go too far back in my bloodline and you find what, what they called, it was a negative term, mulattoes. You ever heard mulattoes? Mulatto is a negative term meaning a mixed breed. So there's a lot of mixed people in my family. My, my great my great grandmother and my great great grandfather were both mixed. So that explains to them now why in my family we have some of the features that we have. I said I'd like to say this. If we're made in God's image and his likeness, we have the same features that he has. Got it? And it's no, it's no strange thing that my, I watch my son all the times. He has some of the same uh, idiosyncrasies as I have. Sometimes he'll do the same thing, you know, sometimes the way he holds his mouth. He'll do, right, Barry, you probably noticed that with your son. They just do the same thing. So, and he'll sometimes sound like I sound. Well, that's how it is with us and God. God, if we're made in his image and his likeness, we look like him. The Bible says be imitators of God as dear children. So we look like him. We're supposed to sound like him, talk like him. And because, thank you, Lord, because my, uh, all my children, because they are my children, our children, they have authority to operate like we operate. Right? So thus, if we're God's children, we're, we have authority to operate like he operates. I made man in my image and my likeness, and I gave them dominion over the earth. Uh, give me uh, Psalm 115 and verse, uh, I think it's 14. Let's try verse 14. Psalm 115, verse 14. 15. 15. 16. Yeah. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Give me that same verse in the, um, let's try the CEV. The CEV. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just, just follow me for a second. I'm just going on a little tangent. I'll be right back. The Lord has kept the heavens for himself, but he has given the earth to us humans. Okay, let's go to the, um, the Living Bible. No, no, I'm sorry, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Let's just go on this little journey here. We'll get it so I see what I, there it is. Y'all read this with me. Ready, read. The heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has given us the earth. Watch this. 
Huh? Put us in charge? That verifies Genesis 1, 26 and 27. He's given us dominion over. So he's given it to us and put us in charge. So catch this. Hold on to your bridges when I say this now. That means God. Tell your neighbor, hold on. God cannot do in the earth what he wants to do in the earth except he goes through us. Now hold on now because I know you'll get all kind of argument with that. Well, God is sovereign. Yes, he is. And in his sovereignty, he put us in charge. He put us in charge. So that's why he said in Amos 3, 7, that I do nothing in the earth except I reveal it first to my servants, the prophets. I don't do anything. God said, I, I don't move in the earth unless I tell them first. Okay, here's an example. God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God tired of what he sees in Sodom and Gomorrah, all that foolishness going on, perversion. He has a runner by Abraham. He ran about Abraham. Abraham, what you think about that? Abraham said, well, hey, look, if I find 50, will you, will you, we can change? He said, okay, all right, if you can find 50, all right, I'll, I'll back off. Well, if I can't find 50, I'll 40. Well, if I find, got down to 10, got down to 5, I can find 5. Stopped at 5. He should have kept all the way down to 1. In other words, he, he went, okay, God wanted, wanted to destroy the children of Israel one time. He went to Moses. Moses, I'm about to destroy him. Moses said, ho, 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 God. God, you, you can't do that. And the Bible says God relented. Because God put us in charge. That's why when people have the question for you, why does God let bad things happen to good people? It's not that God lets bad things happen to good people. It's that good people let bad things happen to good people. Because God has put you and me in charge. So what goes on in the earth, all the foolishness in the earth is our fault. That's why the Bible says that in Romans 8 that all the earth is groaning and travailing. All the earth is reeling and rocking, waiting on the sons of God to finally stand up and reveal who you are. It says the earth it says, in fact, all creation is waiting to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So it's like um, we, we are, it's like we, uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yes, we're, he's the owner, we're the tenants. That's what it is. He's the owner, we're the tenants. Now your landlord can't just come in your house and do what he wants to do in your house. No, we're not letting you know first, ask you whatever. So he put us in charge. Got it? So now, so now, he's ready to move in the earth. He's ready to bless people. He's ready to deliver nations. He's ready to move mightily. He's ready to show himself strong to heathens. He's ready to get masses of people saved. 
He would like to end poverty. He would like to end hunger. He'd like to. He's ready to. He can do it like that. Why won't God do that? He ain't good. Yes, he is good. He's ready to do it. But he cannot do it except we come into line and begin now to speak and declare what he has shown us. Jeremiah, what do you see? Oh, I see a, a branch of an almond tree. Oh, good. You have seen well. Good. I'm ready before my word. See, if, 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 Je if Jeremiah hadn't seen it, God couldn't do it. And Jeremiah had to speak out of his mouth what he saw. Am I helping anybody in the back? Okay. All right, now, let me give you a couple more here. And then uh, I'll, I'll let you ponder it. So God put us in charge of the earth. Now, go back, go back to Psalm 115, I think it was verse 16, that we, that we finally ended up at the right verse. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So you and I don't have any authority over heaven. We don't have any authority over heaven. But we have full authority over the earth. God doesn't have any authority on the earth, but he has full authority over heaven. Now, I know that's hard for Sunday school people to, to hear, that he doesn't have authority. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking away his sovereignty. I understand God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. I'm, I'm not taking that away from God. God has full power. But in him giving us uh, uh, authority, he relinquished that to us. Oh, you got to hear this. That means God can't even move in your life until you say something. He can't even move in your, as much as he wants to. As much as he desperately wants to move in your life and bless you and rock your world, he can't do anything until you say so. Tell your neighbor, and he wants to bless you. Tell him, tell him, no, tell him, he wants to rock your world. But he can't do nothing until you give him permission to. So stop your crying and your whining and start speaking. Okay, now I've showed you how God operates. Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light and there was light. That's how he operates, right? I sold you also in Psalm 33, verse 6, that by the breath of his mouth, God created all the heavens and all the things like that, right? Yes, sir. That's uh, Psalm 33, verse 6, okay? Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, 3. Hebrews 11, 3. They can put on the screen for us. I'm just, I'm just catching you up. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. So the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So God frames everything by word. So that's how you and I are supposed to frame everything by word. Because remember, we're going to operate just like God. Got it? Now, 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. God is a faith God. Did you hear what I said? God is a faith God. He's a fa everything he does is by faith. He releases his faith in working. Got it? 
We have, we've been given a measure of faith. It's God's faith we've been given. Now, watch this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also, here's how God operates, and here's how we're supposed to operate. We also believe and therefore speak. That's how we operate. That's how God operates. He believes something and he speaks it. Y'all got it? God believes and he speaks it. So when, when God saw that the earth was void and dark and covered in darkness, he didn't say, ooh, it's dark. If he had said, who is dark, guess what? It has still been dark to this day. He said, light be, and light was. So he believed that when he spoke, light would come, and when he spoke, light came. So you and I have to believe that when we speak, things happen. We, that's called the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. Glory to God. Now, that takes a while to get the spirit of faith. Most times you're learning faith, you're learning the, the, the mechanics of faith and so forth. But once you got it and you kind of you start flowing in it, you're not operating the spirit of faith. You just believe when I speak, something's going to happen. All right, now. Mark 11, 20 through 24. Tell your neighbor, this is how we operate. This is how we talk. Because, because this is how God operates. This is how God, this is how God talks. This is how God talks. So Jesus takes time now to demonstrate this to us. Y'all know the scripture. I'm just going to read it because most of y'all are scholars enough to know this. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up in the roots. What fig tree? Jesus Christ the day before had cursed a fig tree. He went out there to get some figs and said, hey, where are my figs? And the tree didn't have any figs. And the Bible says it, and the Bible says it wasn't even the season of figs. And people say, well, how come you going to speak from the season? He said, because I'm Jesus. I'm from above. I don't care about seasons. I don't care about seasons. If you're going to be like him, you can't care about seasons. You, uh, you operate in a different time zone. So he didn't care about season. No, I want the figs. And furthermore, the tree had the nerve to have leaves on it, which meant it was pretending that it had figs. Because anybody know anything about a fig tree? A fig tree doesn't put off leaves until it has figs on it. And the tree had the nerve to have leaves and not have figs. It was a hypocrite tree. So he cursed that old hypocrite tree. Just like God's ready now to curse all the hypocrite trees that's out there in the earth proclaiming, talking about their ch God's people, God's children, and they're hypocrites. They have leaves and no fruit. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the actual power thereof. And he said, I'm about to cut them down. I'm about to cut them down. So the hypocrite tree is about to be cut down. So it's dried up from the roots. Now, so they saw this the next day, verse 20, 21, and Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. Another, another uh, book, uh, I think is also in Matthew, it says, is withered away so soon. Verse uh, 22, please. So Jesus answered and said to them, well, guys, you know I'm Jesus, so you know I, I operate differently, right? No, what did he say? Have faith in God. What is he telling them? Have the God kind of faith. He, they want to know how you do this. He tells them, he answers them like this. 
It's the God kind of faith. And notice what he tells them, have it. Did y'all just catch that? When Jesus said, when, when Father God said, let there be light or light be and light was, he was telling light to be. When he spoke it, that he was giving light the power to become. So when Jesus said, have faith in God, he said, I'm giving it to you. Y'all missed that. He just released the faith of God to them to operate like God. Jesus comes in the fourth watch of the night walking on the water. Disciples are in a storm on a boat and they're, they're being rocked and they're being reeled. And they see Jesus walking by. They thought it was a ghost. He was going to pass them right by. And they said, hey, look at that. And he said, hey, fear not, guys. Be of good cheer as I. Be not afraid. And Jesus, Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. No, you don't understand. The moment he said, come, he gave him power to come. I've heard preachers say that when Jesus said that he changed the, the, the dynamics of the water, the, the water had the different molecular structure and now he's able to walk with it. He can walk. No, he didn't change nothing. Because if that had happened, Peter wouldn't have sunk. He would have just fell down, laid, laid down on the water. Of the he would just lay down. He didn't lay down. He sunk. Same water. Same wind, same waves, but a word. And when he said, come, he came. So Jesus said, have faith in God. He released to them the faith of God. Watch. Once the faith is released, Elder Cheryl, watch what he says next. For surely I say to you, whoever says, now they can say something. Now he's talking to all 12. Just like when Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come, Jesus didn't say, Peter, come. He said, come. All 12 of them guys could have walked on that water. So it's whoever come. Whosoever will, let him come. So here, whoever says to this mountain, what mountain? They're in front of a literal mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have, he will have, he will have, she will have, you will have, whatever you say. How that's going to happen? That's magic? No, it's called the faith of God. That's how God operates. How did a mountain get there in the first place? God spoke it, mountain. Mountain B. He's telling you, just hold on to your britches here. If you wanted to move, you can move it. The same mountain God put there. No, y'all didn't catch it. He didn't say have, have, uh, have the uh, God faith point two, 2.0, God faith light. It's the exact same faith God has. So the same faith God used to put the mountain there is the exact same faith you can use to move it. Boy, I know that's a hard to chew, boy. That's like trying to eat on some tough turkey wings, boy. You just, you know, sometimes that, that little leg part just kind of gets a little tough. No. Mm-mm. This is how God kind of faith. 
He's telling us how to operate just like God. So the mountain, mountain represents vision blockers. Mountain represents anything that's blocking, that's between you and your promised land, you and your manifestation, you and your miracle, you and your open door, you and whatever you need from God. That's what a mountain represents. And he said, what you got to do is don't be climbing it. Don't be getting on the rough side of the mountain. Don't be getting on the smooth side of the mountain. Don't be trying to tunnel through it. How are you going to move it? You're going to open your mouth and speak to it and tell it where to go. And it says he will have, can I, can I tell you another scripture? Go to, uh, go to Luke 17. I, I think that's where I want to go. Let me see. I'm, I'm, this is what came to my mind. I may be off. It's a chance I may be off. No, I wasn't off. Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. You have the faith of God. Increase our faith. How many of y'all want to increase your faith? He said, I can't do it for you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. He's given us a measure of faith. You want to increase it? You want to increase your faith? Pastor Roe, how do you increase your muscle size? You got to work it. You got to work it. Now watch what he says, and they said their question increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, now, he didn't say size of mustard seed, so stop listening to folks. People keep saying the size. He said as. Has nothing to do with the size of it. has to do with the potency of it. He says you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Mean just by speaking? He said it would obey you. So you have, if you can move mountains, you can move, move mulberry trees, you can move tumors, growths. Whatever's in your way, you can move it. God, move it for me. I can't. I put you in charge. God, I'm ready for you to show out. Okay, open your mouth. And when you speak, watch what happens. Let me finish this here. Go back to Mark 11, 24. Then I'll give you one last scripture for the day. Y'all take it. Now, he already told him, whatever you say, if you believe in your heart, don't doubt. Believe those things you say will come to pass. You shall have whatever you say. Tell your neighbor whatever you say. Whatever you say. He says, verse 24, therefore I say to you, you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. It's all about what you pray, what you desire, what you ask. 
He says, and you will have them. But notice, even the praying is a part of you opening your mouth. King James says, what, what things of you desire. So if you desire something. Now, mountain is something in your way you want to get out of your way. The desire, he said, what things you desire, that means you want to bring something to you. I want to get rid of some things, and I want to bring some things. So the, so the flow of traffic in my life, I'm traffic controlling my own life. I control what leaves, and I control what comes in. Got it? All right. Now let's go back to our main scripture, and we'll, we'll finish here. Psalm 81, verse 10. Let's go right to the passage translation, please. Somebody want verse 10. I'm the, your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Wasn't I the one? Wasn't he the one that did it for you? Remember when you used to be stuck in sin? Wanted to do good and you couldn't even think. Couldn't do good. Just fell again. <laughs> strongholds. Financial strongholds over your life. Every demonic stronghold over your life. He's the breaker. He's the breaker. I preached on that earlier this year about the breaker. So notice what he says here. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. Now King James and New King James says open your mouth wide. So wide implies here with a mighty decree, with some big stuff. Yes. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now, you'll see. I'll fulfill it when? Now. now. This is the season of now. I need y'all to get this here. I know we've been in this time before of, okay, speak it in one day. But we're moving out of that season here. Time is short. God's on, he's going to do a short work, Romans 9, 28. Doing a short work in the earth, right? And so he says, if you, oh, he said, I'll fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. The words that you speak, so shall it be. The words that you speak. So the implication is you have to speak something. You got to say something. And the words you say, so shall it be. Not the words I say about you. Glory to God. It wouldn't matter what kind of prophecy even you receive. You got to now agree with it and say it. And if somebody says something negative about you, just don't say it. Just don't agree with it. I don't agree with that. You ain't no good. I don't agree with that. You sorry. I don't agree with that. And I'm definitely not going to speak it. Just because you say it. You ugly. I don't agree with that. Now, open your mouth with what? Mighty decree. All right. Give me um, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. 
Now, yeah, this is important here. Y'all got on the screen here. Because, listen, I can't just say any old thing. This isn't a matter of me taking liberties and just saying what I want to say. I'm not here on my own. God has put me in charge here, but I'm sent here by him. You got it? So I'm an ambassador for him. You are an ambassador for him. So though you are here and he put you in charge, you are still, uh, he's still the boss. <laughs> so don't get it bent, don't get it twisted. That you can now operate based on your own mind, your own opinion, your own judgment, just whatever you think you want. That's, that's not what it is. Yeah, we work for him. If I want to get paid by him, I got to be working for him. Got it? So what we're supposed to do? Call to him, he says, and I will answer you and show you, show you? Notice he didn't say tell you, prophets. He says, show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So when you and I call to him through prayer, through fasting, through supplication to him, he said, I'm going to show you great and what? Mighty things which you do not know. Now, why would he bother to show us great and mighty things? So that when we open our mouths, we can stop speaking small stuff. We can stop speaking small things in the earth. God is God. <laughs> That's why I said, open your mouth wide. I need you to, I need, by, by open your mouth wide, I don't mean just unhinge like a snake and open your mouth. There's all kind of memes people got going around on the internet now about this, this being the year of the open mouth and people walk around like, ah, that ain't doing nothing. Why? That ain't what God's talking about. Seeing how big you open this orifice. He's talking about saying something that's so big that when it happens, Everybody and their mama knows that it wasn't you, it was God. And when it manifests, they'll know it wasn't you, it wasn't your mama, it wasn't your daddy, it wasn't your broke down cousin. But God himself had to come through and show out and perform that which you spoke in your life. So I'm going to show you great and mighty things. So you can now decree great and mighty things out of your mouth. Go back to, go back to uh, oh, that scripture here. Glory to God. Whew. Psalm 8110 uh, in the, in the, in the um, Passion. Open your mouth with a mighty decree, I will fulfill it now. So he's going to fulfill mighty decrees. Tell your neighbor, no more small talk. Tell somebody else on the other side, no more small talk. Lord, I need you to pay my rent. Oh, I need you to pay my rent. That's small talk. Lord, I know Jeannie, I sure need you to, Lord, I sure, I sure wish I had me a sandwich. Lord, I sure, that's small talk. Will you stop preaching for me? I was just about to say what you said. You got to change and say, no, I want to feed nations. Because the lesser is always included in the greater. 
So when you speak big things, the little small things you keep thinking about are swallowed up in all the big things. So instead of saying, Lord, I need to pay my rent, Lord, I wish I was pay, pay my rent, Lord, pay my rent. You need to be saying stuff like, Lord, I want to have an orphanage, or Lord, I want to have a place for widows, Lord, I want to have a whole place where people can come. And your decree becomes a vacuum that sucks the power of God right out of heaven. And you and your little rent get sucked up. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. See, this is why in this last decade, he spent so much time teaching us about our sonship and about our royalty and about our spiritual authority so we could, we could stop smoking, talking like little mice, little, little smalls. So we can stop talking like servants. Remember the prodigal son? Remember his older brother? When the, he came and he talked my daddy, all this time I've been serving you and you ain't giving me a little kid. You ain't giving me a little goat. I can have a little party. And the daddy saying, boy, everything I have is yours. What you asking for a little goat for? And everything I, this whole, this whole farm, this whole, everything, the whole estate belongs to you. You asked me for a little goat. And God's people acting like little servants. Talking to God about little goats. And he's saying, man, the whole thing is yours. You asked me for a little goat for I'm not picking on you. I'm just, I just want to make sure you understand that we've got to now spend the time with God. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call unto him. Let him answer us. Call unto him. He said, I will answer you. So when you call unto him, don't get up till he answers you. Or don't, or don't shift your mind till he answers you. Even if you've got to get up and go to work, keep your, keep your, your mind stayed on Jesus till you hear the answer. And if you hear something small, that wasn't him, that was you. That was you again. That was you letting your uh, needs drive your praise and your prayer. Letting your needs. When God speaks, he don't speak nothing about your needs. God don't speak to you nothing about your needs. He said, take no thought for, for the, your life, what you eat, what you drink, all, all in all your needs. Don't, don't even act, don't even, I ain't talking to you about no needs. The problem with people, why you can't get into the great things because you keep talking to God about your needs. He said, I ain't talking to nobody about your needs. I already told you to stop coming to me about your needs. So if you're going to keep talking to me about your needs, I ain't got nothing to say to you. That's hard, is it right? It's right. If you can start talking to me about the dreams I put in your heart, the desires I put in your heart, I ain't talking about no desires about no belt and no shoes. I ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about that. No purse. I ain't got to talk about that no purse either. That ain't no mighty thing. That's, that's a Birkin bag. That ain't no mighty thing from God. No mighty thing to God. God can, God can scrape the money from under his pinky, pinky nail and get you a Birkin bag. Yeah. 
ain't nothing to God. Don't waste no prayer on no Prada and no Gucci and no don't ain't that ain't nothing. That's, don't waste no that, that stuff ain't, don't even impress God. God wouldn't even wear Gucci if he was here. Gucci, God wouldn't wear no Gucci. That's too low for God. Every Gucci they sell that in the store. Anybody can buy Gucci. God, God don't move God. Jesus' robe wasn't off the rack. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? <laughs> see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm getting that message because, see, too, much of, too many of us are still, still in that, uh, well, that's great and mighty to me. No, not great and mighty to you. Great and mighty to him we're talking about here. I've been trying to preach y'all past that stuff. Sometimes I got to mention Gucci and, and Prada and, you know, all that kind of Louis Vuitton. I got to mention that stuff just to, just to kind of get you, you know, off of, off of uh, great value. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get you moving. I'm trying to move you towards. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I don't want you to stop there. I don't want you to see that. That's not the goal. I'm trying to get you to see that the goal is where God can say, hey, I want you to go to Haiti and I want you to, feed, to give everybody there and brand new clothes, brand new shoes and everything they need so they can have some dignity about themselves. And then you say, okay, I, I'll do that. Or you can call little kids who run around here who their mama has spent all day, they, all the tax return. All the monthly snap and tanf on on crabs, wigs at the wig store. Y'all know what's going on. Eyelashes out to here. Little babies don't have nothing. Because see, your Bible says, when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Well, he ain't going to come down and do it himself. He's going to use you to do it. He's going to use you to take them up. He was like, come on, baby, I'll feed you. Come on, come on, baby. Great and mighty things which you do not know. Tell me, but that's where God's taking you. That's where God wants us to go. Where we can be used by Him. Here's the thing. And when, put Psalm 8110 on the back of the screen for everybody so we can go home with that. Psalm 81 verse 10, isn't it? So when you, when you open your mouth with a mighty decree, when you open your mouth with a great and mighty thing, he said, I will fulfill it now. I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak. I shall be a paymaster of the gospel. 
I shall be, I shall visit the widow and the orphans in their affliction. That's what made Job so mighty. You read Job's testimony? Job said, no, I took care of all the people. That's why Job was so rich. He said, I took care of everybody. And God just blessed his socks off because he just kept taking. He has such a big heart, things of God, that when Satan was looking for somebody to bless or to mess with, he ended up, he ended up around Job's house. He was, trying to stop, he was trying to stop Job from taking care of all the widows and orphans. Trying to stop Job from taking care of all the innocent people. And God said, oh, you've been over there around my servant Job, haven't you? That's all I want. You've been considering Job, haven't you? But God wouldn't let the devil destroy Job. And after all Job went through, God said, I'm going to give you twice as much. So I, I, I just figured Job, when he ended up his life, he was doing twice as much for the orphans and widows and the poor and the blind as he was before. Because God blessed him. Just like God will bless you. All right, that's all the time I got, so... I got, I got to show you something. We're going we gonna to keep going with this here later this week. All right? So y'all, uh, come back Wednesday. Come back Sunday. I'm going to just keep getting to this here. Because we have entered, we've moved from revelation to demonstration. Prophecy is giving way to performance. Y'all got it? Stand to your feet. We're going to pray and then praise team, come on. We're going to Receive the Lord's Supper. Deacons, get it ready. How many of y'all have a mouth? Yes. Y'all say yes. Mouth is for two reasons, primarily. One, to receive food, nourishment, and two, to speak words. What's number one? Receive, Receive food and nourishment. Or two? Okay. Now your words. God gave us words. Remember he made us speaking spirits. He made us, gave us words for two primary reasons. For two reasons only. One, words are used for communication. To communicate. But and we all know how to do that. But what we have failed to realize and what we failed to utilize is the second and the primary reason for our words is that words are used for creation, used to create. To create. We are speaking spirits like God. Well, when God spoke, he communicated things, but he was also creating things. And so you and I, in his image, are going to use our words to not only communicate. Sometimes we communicate too much. But we're going to realize our words create. How do I know? You ever been talking to somebody and you've been using words and their words created a different kind of atmosphere? People start talking nasty. They create an atmosphere or they create images in your mind. Well, it's not just ethereal things, it's physical things. 
Let there be light and there was light. God calls things to be not as though, he, though they were. So you and I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just wanna, want you to understand how powerful you are. You and I are like no other being in creation. We're not dogs. We're not chimpanzees. We're not rhinoceros. We're not whales. We are humans made in the image and likeness of God. So many people, even within uh, our culture, when I say our culture, I mean the black, the black race, are getting caught up in other religious things trying to be gods, little, little G-O-D-S. They are, we, we gods. And the, pro, the, 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 the funny part is they don't realize they're trying to become what God already called us. Psalm 82, I, I called you gods. He's, that's nothing new. God said, I called you gods. The problem is the gods they're trying to become is so that they can feel better about themselves as opposed to understanding we're called to be workers together with God, capital G-O-D. Not to all of a sudden operate on our own, but to, to work together with him, the true and living God. Uh, it, it's just sad when I see that deep. People getting caught up in, so they leave the Bible, trying to find what the Bible already laid out. That's just dumb, really, to me. I, but I, I can't tell them that because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But it's just it's, it's crazy to leave the Bible trying to find what the Bible already said. Ye are God. Psalm 82, you read it for yourself. So we're supposed to operate like God. Use your words to communicate, but use your words to create. Got it? All right. Now, Lord, today I thank you for the word that we've received. I thank you to each person today who's heard the word that I pray that people weren't entertained. That's not the assignment we have to entertain. The assignment we have is to edify and build each other up, Lord, that the word comes to edify and build us up. The word comes to bring enlightenment. The word comes to illuminate our spirits. The word comes to uh, show us who we are. And thank you, Lord, that it's not just the word, but we have the help of the Holy Ghost who takes the word and breathes on the word so that it becomes life in us, life to us, life for us. Father, I'm asking that in this place today that each person, in the sound of my voice, whether they're here or watching online, that they really come to a great realization of the times that we're in now. That, Lord, every prophetic word that we've heard, that there's no more postponement, no more prolonging, that we become expecting every day that we will see manifestation. We heard, Lord, 2020 will be the year of vision manifestation. It just makes perfect sense because that's what your word told us, God, that the visions will no longer be postponed. They'll no longer be prolonged. And God, so we thank you that, God, we can walk in and see, and fully expect to, to see manifestation of everything you've spoken. Now, I pray that each person, Lord, today, but finally realize that we are workers together with you and that, God, you've given us charge over the earth. So thank you for our various stations in life, where we are. Our neighborhoods will take charge of our neighborhoods. 
our families, we'll take charge of our families. Lord, our city, we'll take charge of our city. We take charge of this region. We'll take charge of every atmosphere, every environment that we walk into, God, and realize that you put us there to take charge of it, to change it. That, God, that we can bring the kingdom of God, reality, into every situation that we come into. That, God, we are working together with you and that we are here as change agents. We'll not be conformed to this world, but we'll be transformed by the knowing of our minds that we may bring transformation into every arena that we step into. Now we declare the blessing of the Lord over this word, over your people, and we also pray over this supper that we're about to receive. Thank you for that each person, Lord, today realizes the awesome price that Jesus Christ paid for us to be saved and to, to have the Holy Ghost and to be righteous, to be able to walk holy, the price he paid for grace to come, the price he paid for us to have the ability to, to be your sons and daughters. Thank you, Father, that each person realizes today, I ask that God, no one would ever again trample on the Son of God, trample on his blood, that no one would ever crucify him afresh by willfully, willfully taking part in sin. We walk away from sin. We don't allow sin to live in us. We don't allow, allow sin to dwell in us. We don't allow sin to reign in our mortal bodies. God, you said if we, in your word that if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I pray that you teach each person in this room how to walk in the spirit, how to live by the spirit, how to live by your word. Lord, how to submit to your spirit. Lord, how to take authority over the flesh and not give in to the flesh, not give in to the soul, but live by the spirit of God. So we can not only talk right, but we can also walk right. We can live right. And we can be perfect conduits for the flow of your anointing in our lives. Thank you, Father, that it is so this day we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Very quickly, deacons, come on.